Hello and welcome to the Salacast on Sunday the 18th of April 2021. I'm your host Dan Train, joining me today Zachary Burgess. Extremely wacky. And Robert Kemp. I don't know if wacky's got a particularly positive connotation these days. I would have said it's sort of neutral. I don't know, I think of wacky wacky as like... (laughs) Yeah, I I think of it as kind of that, that 90s... Over like, the top not as bad as zany, though, is it? It's not zany. No. <laughs> no, it's 80s over the top. But it's not whack, though. If it's whack, that's bad, right? <laughs> but then if you're is wacky, it, is, are you partially whack? Are you whack if you're wacky? You're wacky. Wackish. <laughs> you're definitely wackish. <laughs> is that like water, like brackish water? It's like, oh, this is really wackish. <laughs> that water is brack. <laughs> <laughs> well, brack. What is brackish? <laughs> It's just like salty, I think. Isn't that what brackish means? Yeah, it's like it's like it's like with the gunk situation. You've got in, it's in between brine and and like pure. You've got brackish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's for like estuaries or whatever that aren't like fully seawater, right? Oh, I, I imagine because there's like a there's a part of Felixstowe called Brackenbury, and I wonder if that's like well, bracken is like a bush as well. It's yeah, like well, I suppose it could plant. be that. Yeah, it's like undergrowth, isn't it? So it's like Bracken Town, as opposed to like but, slightly salty Water Town. I think Bracken is like kind of a coastal thing, though. So it might be both. <laughs> is it Bracken? You're not, you don't get you're not thinking of Brecon. No, I think Brecon is in Brecon. Well, Beacons. maybe maybe not. Mm. I think Bracken is like it's not a very specific. Like it's not a specific plant. It's like no. a generic undergrowthy kind of term, except for like a very specific kind of undergrowth. Hmm. You're a generic undergrowthy term. Yeah, that one didn't land. <laughs> for woodland. Woodland. There's a wood in Highgate, because uh, I'm in London, so there's not much wood around, but there's Highgate wood. I went up there and it's like yeah, it's a wood, but like it's quite clear of undergrowth. It doesn't have much in the way of undergrowth. It's, it's you know, it's got trees and it's all sort of dirt under there, but it's not like there's not much bracken going on in Highgate Wood. <laughs> is it like like maintained dirt? Is, it, is the dirt an intentional aesthetic? Or is... Well, no, it's not like a landscape. It's like it is a wood. Uh, yeah, but do they go in there and clear it out? Is it like you know yeah, some kind of safety thing where it's just like we can't have bushes that people can hide in? <laughs> May- maybe I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Probably you can't hide dodgy- bodies in here. Yeah, bet people wouldn't put it past people. <laughs> <laughs> Although Highgate's quite posh, it would have to be some sort of Agatha Christie murder type. Uh, well, it doesn't matter what the murder is; it's just where the body is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not a very posh murder if you're just killing someone in the woods. (laughs) Yeah, no, but but that's where the body still ends up. But then, posh murder probably is more likely to involve someone that would hide a body. Uh, Not think like what rather than just leave them in the street. Yeah, Yeah. probably. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Yeah. It's like a VR new crime drama series. Posh murders. 
posh <laughs> high gate murders. That's most crime drama series. Yeah. In fairness, yeah. It's very rarely. Well, it's because it's not interesting if it's just like this guy was stabbed by a gang. The end. It's like Inspector Morse, like was in Oxford. How many bloody murders were there in Oxford? And then Midsummer, which was a small village, fictional village outside Oxford, right? How many murders? Village or was it like a small like countylet? Oh, I don't know. I didn't actually watch Midsummer Murders. I watched um, Inspector Morse a bit back in the day with his Jaguar and his pints. Mm. Well, I'm more of a Lewis man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That just looked a bit depressing, though. Because, I don't know, Inspector Morse was somewhat upbeat, despite all the grisly murders. It's a, 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 yeah, I suppose to some degree. I suppose by the time Lewis actually aired, Lewis himself as a character is like, I'm old. <laughs> I am now well, he, old. He's not just old, he's like hella, you know, cynically run down by the whole all these right. murders constantly happening. And he can't have pints with, with Morse anymore. And yeah, and, and his father is dead. <laughs> yeah. They do still talk about... I think most episodes end with some conversation about pints or pies, though. Gotcha. Oh, right, okay. Well, it's a spin-off. You've got to keep the, uh, keep the connection to the, uh, to the original themes. Because, I, mean, he's, I mean, I suppose Lewis himself is posh-ish, right? Because he likes is a he? pint in the pie, and he's got that kind of attitude. But then, you know, the way everyone lives in that show is not very no uh, lowbrow yeah he's definitely not he's definitely middle class let's put it that way it's not gangland murders and stuff you definitely can make good tv out of that i mean look at the wire it's amazing it's probably the best tv show ever yeah few and far between though, aren't they sort of just yeah i haven't tried there's a there's a there's a London one set in Hackney that, called Top Boy, which I've heard mixed things about. Well, I haven't tried it, uh, but it's not, it's not going to be The Wire, is it? So <laughs> I'm a bit reticent. But then again, it could, it could end up being like Lockstock the series or something. Yeah. Yeah. They did make one, didn't they? That was bad, wasn't it? Oh, God, did they? I, thought I, I think they did. It. And it was, no, I think it's a real thing, Lockstock the series, and I think it's bad. And nothing no. to do with Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Oh, no. I might be making that up, but I think that is true. I mean, on paper, it's not the worst idea, but... Okay, here comes the Google. It's called Lock Stock. And they, they call the battle. With an ellipsis, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> with oh, an yeah. ellipsis, wow. <laughs> yeah, with an ellipsis. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. It's and there's every episode, the and part. So it's like Lock Stock and two... Oh, there's only seven episodes of it. No, you, so have, to, must... you, have, you have to call it Lock, Stock, and Free Dots. <laughs> oh, every episode has a title, and that has a start it's with got an the ellipsis. End, isn't it? for the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like, I thought that's they, where they'd go with that. Lock, Stock, and Five Smoking <laughs> one of, Blunts. One of them is Lock, Stock, and Spaghetti Sauce. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? That's episode four. Lock, Stock, and a Posh Murder in the Park. <laughs> Lockstock yeah. and Bracken. Lockstock and Bracken. Lockstock and Bracken are next to the Bracken water. Brack. Bracken Ooh, was, Brack water. It was Ginger Productions. Chris Evans. <laughs> Do you remember that? 
uh, TGI Friday or T. TG... Yeah, I was about to say it's not Captain America, Chris. Evans. TFI Friday. That's right. Get it yeah. right. <laughs> he of breakfast radio fame, <laughs> indeed. He of like going out with Billy Piper and buying her a Ferrari full of roses, and then going completely off the rails, not coming back to his radio show because he was drinking in the pub all all, all morning. Slander. <laughs> but then he was on—he was like Radio Two for years, wasn't he? I think he rehabilitated himself, didn't he? Until he's on—he's on like—is he still on Virgin? Or I think he went and formed like some new. Didn't he form some new radio that I don't even—I didn't even. <laughs> new radio. radio so. What is that? Is that a Spotify? New, a new radio station. New radio. Apple One or whatever it was called. Oh, it's Virgin Radio. Yeah. What was Apple's radio station? Where they nicked Zane Lowe? Beats One, wasn't it? Beats One, was that it? Beats. Okay. I don't know what's going on with Beats. Uh, I have no Apple Music interest particularly. Spotify suits me fine. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Beats. I'm sure Apple Music probably has all the exact same stuff as Spotify and works just as well. But I don't know. I mean, Spotify's got good like curated playlists and and good like machine learning to figure out what you like and stuff like that. Yeah, mostly good. Mostly. Although I think they yeah. I think they need new blood in their Thursday throwbacks. <laughs> Always <laughs> the same stuff. Yeah, well, that's one thing about the curated playlists is they they don't rotate very often, uh, so you do hear the same stuff. I'm just like, oh, great. It's another playlist of Come On Eileen somewhere in there. <laughs> oh. They were like doing like pub. I think this week's was like uh, pub classics. And it's like, that's a. Because the pubs were opening, I guess. Uh, okay. And it's like, well, that means this is going to be mostly garbage, right? And it's like, yep, Come On Eileen's yes. in there. Hot garbage. <laughs> I mean, come on, come on Eileen has its place. And no, that, it place is the, that place is the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> That place is no more than once a year, for sure. Yes, yes, about, about once a year <laughs> that, is about right. That place is in a discarded dungarees, like, just in there. Just, like, Tell you the song, On the side is, of the road, there's just, like, come on, I lead, like, leading out of it. The song that is totally fine, but I don't understand why it's constantly played, and everyone seems to like it except me, is Mr. Blue Sky. Oh, I, I like Mr. I like Mr. I know, <laughs> yeah, I know, but, like... That's overplayed. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, I think so. I'm not. I mean, other like, than that one time it was in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. That's fine. Uh, but it's just, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's the, the greatest thing ever and the, the happiest song ever or whatever. It's like, I've had enough electric light orchestra. Thank you very much. <laughs> Could do without it for a bit. I mean, that's the only electric light orchestra I Yeah. I can't, even, I can't even say it. Electric light orchestra I get. <laughs> what happened to the guy from the electric light orchestra? Didn't he crash his car into a hay bale or something? Hardcore. <laughs> ELO hay bale. Was, was he- <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's oh, no, he died. In the hay bale. ELO's Mike Edwards killed by hay bale in freak crash. Well, that's. I feel slightly worse about making a joke about it now. <laughs> Sorry, Mike Edwards. It wasn't a very blue sky when the hay bale fell on you. 
It's well, quite yellow. Presumably it might have been. <laughs> We've been oh. in summer. <laughs> That's harsh. Anywho. <laughs> I mean, how, how do you get your car, uh, car close enough to a hay bale? Police like, believe 600-kilogram bale fell from a tractor on nearby farmland before rolling onto the road. <laughs> wow. That's, That's pretty unlucky. I, I mean, they're round. But yeah, that's pretty unlucky. So it wasn't even, like I was half expecting him to have been like tailgating a tractor, and the tractor just accidentally dumped yeah. some load. But no, the but fact no. that the tractor wasn't even on the road. No, it just rolled onto the road while he was driving down it. Wow, that, that's Shit. pretty. That's pretty bad. Shame. So the pubs are open. The pubs are open. Have you been in the pub? No, because of the booking situation. But it is funny walking past them because they're all packed outside and, of course, no one's inside. Um, Wait, booking situation? You've got to book Oh, yeah, you've got to book ahead, yeah, because you've got to sit down. That's the rules or whatever. You can't oh, just ooh. go up to the bar. Um, but I have a booking well, for, I, ne- I, for Saturday. I guess, I guess that much, but I thought they might have, like, like – I don't know. A bit of me thought like they you'd be allowed to stand up in a beer garden if they had enough space, and that like people would just walk around being like, "You're ordering." Well, in practice they do. In practice they do, but in in by the law is that you have to be seated Hmm. for the time being. Do they Um, successfully greet you as well? It depends on the pub. Okay. We don't know a pub called the Shooting Stars, do we? There probably is one. Uh, there was one I used to go to in Southampton, wasn't it, called The Shooting Star on uh, Portswood? Um, yeah. It know. might have changed name, like, after you left to that. Yeah. Do you remember The Shooting Star? It did, like, um, yeah. you know, those, it did those, um, you know, pear ciders and stuff when it was quite new, a new thing. No, I do not remember that. <laughs> it was just halfway down. Yeah. Port- there were so many places on Portswood. I went, um, to the, went to the Cock and Womble yes, uh, yesterday. Oh, yeah. So my mate's like he's built a tiki bar in his back garden, <laughs> and he's called it the Cock and Womble. The Cock and Womble, yeah. His uncle Bulgaria. Can he remember the days when he wasn't behind the bed? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let's ask the cock instead. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, well, it was pretty much like being at the pub because he's got a perfect. He's got one of those Phillips perfect draft machines. Oh, which Phillips. Are, as in, yeah, like, Philips as they, in the light bulb company. They <laughs> make Philips draft. Hue fame. Oh, really? They make well. I've I've got some new Hue bulbs, but maybe I can get a Hue controlled beer <laughs> machine. <laughs> or, I think that's the one downside. I don't think it's like smart home enabled. <laughs> that would be hilarious. It's kind of like you don't really. No, of all the things that, that like, <laughs> yeah, you definitely don't need that. No, because this you just leave on and you pull a yeah, pint. Sure, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if you can't, unless it can physically deliver beer to my house, <laughs> yeah, wherever to I am in the house, I don't you need, need one it. of those Boston Dynamics spot robots. I reckon that could probably pull a pint for you and then deliver it. <laughs> yeah, the dog take it upstairs. Good. Yeah, like a beer attachment on its back. Uh, yeah, yeah, but those are, those are pretty good as it turns out. A lot of European um, high percentage beers available on them. They're not got it's not got a massive range of stuff you can get for it, but it's it's got some good ones. <laughs> So that was quite nice. Proper beers, like 
I'm just watching these ducks flying, three ducks, and the lake is right below them. So they're not going anywhere. They're just flying around and around in a circle. This is like, I feel like I'm fl- flying around. I'm probably going to end up landing in the lake again. <laughs> okay, I guess they've not been granted landing clearance by... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're by a duck ATC. Yeah, they're just in a holding pattern. <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Well, down they go. <laughs> they must have got clearance. <laughs> hmm. So how are the pints pulled by the Phillips machine? Mighty fine. Mm. And they mysteriously refill themselves when I'm not looking. <laughs> that's the that's the service you expect from the cock and womble. Indeed. It's top quality establishment. Yeah. I am looking forward to going to the pub. I mean I'm kinda of not really. I don't re- I don't care about a pub, really. I like draft beers, don't get me wrong, but like Eh. Oh, I love Con- the pub. But London pub's quite different, I suppose. <laughs> More expensive. <laughs> oh, yeah, fucking expensive, yeah. It's all part of it. <laughs> yeah, that, I don't really miss that. That's, that's fine. But like, it's, the, the only time I actually really like use a pub is for breakfast club after a run <laughs> so right like, and then it's that, more for the I mean, food bre- yeah. breakfast club would be nice but like it doesn't that doesn't specifically have to be a pub just somewhere with breakfast that's true yeah we were reminiscing about a uh about the breakfast sandwich at ruby's and felix though oh it's so good it's massive <laughs> The size of the Ruby's breakfast burrito <laughs> sandwich thing. Breakfast sandwich. It's got. It's one of those ones where it's got like a hash brown, but the hash brown's the size of the entire sandwich. And it's, uh, Fuck, bloody love hash browns. Like they're the they're the <laughs> hash browns are like n- not English, so they shouldn't really be part of a full English because they're American. But they're just so good. <laughs> you can't not have the hash brown. I'd take that over a lot of the English constituents of the full english i mean what's the what would an english potato part of a full i don't think english there is be? one in would it, in, in no is that be skanky potato cubes or something or? Mm, probably what's in an irish breakfast um potato because they whiskey. must have <laughs> whiskey <laughs> a bit of jameson's on the no, side that's what makes it an Irish coffee, isn't it? Is black pudding just a frozen pint of Guinness? I mean, for all I know, it could be Guinness related. <laughs> and white pudding's just the froth on top. <laughs> <laughs> what is white pudding anyway? Grosser. Grosser. Even, gro- <laughs> even grosser. Black pudding is nice as part of an English breakfast in moderation. I don't know what else you'd do with it. That's my professional opinion. I do miss the greasy spoons proper ones in the London one. One there was one on uh, called the Shepherdess. I think it's closed now on City Road due to pandemic. Sad times. Mm. It literally had like curtains painted on the windows. Quite weird. <laughs> okay. I don't know. And it had this hilarious clientele because it was on the edge of Hipsterville. It was half hipsters and half builders. <laughs> <laughs> it was and cabbies. It was really weird. Was there an exchange of ideas happening? 
I know, <laughs> probably. This is it's probably where the hipsters got all their ideas. I mean, they don't have that many of their own. <laughs> That's true. They just uh, they take it back for the youth. I mean, it's 10 years, it's over 10 years since that song, Being a Dickhead's Cool. And it's exactly as relevant now as it was then. <laughs> Almost, It's not really dated that much, which is scary. And also, it describes me as well, because it, the, the, the first line is, got on the train from Cambridgeshire. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. Accurate. And that's the random section. That's yeah. the pre-show. <laughs> yes. Do we not want to extend this a bit more because we don't have any news at all? There's very little news. Or well, we could talk about Tally, I suppose. We've been watching that last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, it's, I thought that, in my mind, that show's been gone, cancelled for ages. I mean, it's it sort of... I mean, no. <laughs> no, but I thought, like, they were done with the Netflix Marvel shows and it's all, like, Disney Plus I mean, this wasn't, this was ABC. Um, ah, okay. Like, so this is, like, started years and years ago. This started around, like, before... No, Yeah, it Avengers. led into Avengers 2, didn't it? Well, it was around then, and, like, some of the early tie-ins with the MCU were around Thor 2, I think. Ah, uh, that wasn't um, as bad. Yeah, that one was bad. Um, but you know that that was the sort of time frame that it began, and that was when they were trying to tie things up. But then something happened, and Agents of Shield and the MCU no longer talked to each other anymore. It seems. Yeah, the and they, so they drift, don't like each other, right? So they and drifted apart, like the TV guy. Yeah, in continuity, so they didn't really. They kind of don't have anything to do with each other. They they ref like Shield will reference things periodically but not in a meaningful way. Like, it doesn't affect their storylines at all. Um, mm. But hey, I'm pretty certain this is the last season. And yeah. I think they've said it's the last season, which is why I'm pretty certain. But it's super obvious from the way, from what they're doing as well. It's like they've just gone, sod it. Like, let's just have fun with this and do the most bonkers stuff we can. So naturally, it's a time travel series. Oh, <laughs> And of they're course. basically doing WandaVision. And I think this aired before WandaVision did. So that's weird. Right. So it's like they've been in the 50s and then they went to the 70s and then they had a bit in the 80s. And it's... Well, I mean, Endgame did that, sort of. Yeah. Well, not, not that much, but did did the time heist. But all the, all the while, they're sort of referencing and changing their own timeline like the, from the rest of the S.H.I.E.L.D. season. So it's, it's, here's an excuse to bring back old plot lines and here's an excuse to bring back things we did at the beginning of the show, weirdly. And then mess with them. And we'll just make fun of the whole thing the whole time. It's like the whole thing is like a it's it's kind of just stupid and funny, and it's it's great actually. It's hugely entertaining as a result. Sounds cool. Yeah, as long as you don't you know you don't need it to t- to take it seriously. It's Marvel. Just no, go, no, just be dumb. It's just dumb fun, and, and, and it works. Like as Noam said, it's like yeah, the last few seasons it really was going off the rails and was a bit just like mm. it was it was crazy. They went to space. And they went to space somehow. As you do. <laughs> Moonraker uh, style. Yeah. And there was a little bit of time travel there, but not much. And uh Yeah. So the, the you know the bringing it back to the to the to the fun is good. Recommend. Won't make any sense if you haven't watched the rest of it though, but <laughs> But nice. I like it. 
I like it. And Gnome's happy because sewing bee's back. What's that? The Great British Sewing Bee. No, sorry. It's as bad <laughs> as it sounds. It's like Bake, bake Off, off but right. they make cloves. God. I mean, it's all right. I'm, I don't even I mean, watch bake I get sucked into those shows. She made me like I mean, pottery throw down. That's yeah. what they're designed to do, isn't it? Suck you in. Maybe. It's all right. It's very camp. Here's my random section. Okay. <laughs> <Segway>. <laughs> yep, there's Segway. no segue out of, out of pottery, unfortunately. Well, no, I guess there camp. is, because we, we're going to talk in a vaguely tangential way, tangential way about porcelain, I guess. Because <laughs> it's toilets. <laughs> toilets. toilets. <laughs> And also, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite things to complain about, shitty modern design. <laughs> yeah. Yay. My so favorite. the toilet downstairs had to have its insides replaced, like the, me- the mechanism, basically, because it mm. wasn't actually pulling the water any longer. Whatever the plunger or whatever, however that actually worked. Had, the cistern. Yeah. Yeah. That bit got all old and it just wasn't functioning well enough. So it's like, okay, we have to replace this. And it was an old ass, you know, the old school system with a handle and everything. <laughs> did it have a floaty thing inside? Like a yes, ball? it did yeah. indeed have a floater. I mean, that's how they that's how they all work, right? They need a floaty thing yeah, to yeah. tell it when to stop. Hmm. Not necessarily in the same way in, in the modern version, though. It's not like a big arm in more it modern. Didn't, yeah, it doesn't rotate sideways anymore, does it? It's like a more of a vertical construction. Or... And it's also maybe like slightly more complicated in the modern versions than just having like a thing that covers over a hole essentially <laughs> <laughs> right yeah but anyway that all broke so it was like we had to get a new one and then it was a then there was a brief discussion about can you even get old school style ones any longer or do you have to have the modern version with the buttons and like the two flush system or whatever it must be possible to get a handle <laughs> well you well the thing is what we what we ended up getting was it's it's a modern style two flush mechanism, but it still connects to a handle like usual. Right. So we didn't have to replace. We didn't. You know, there was no buttons to fuck around with. It still so, attaches to the same. So how do you select which one you want? Well, that's like, where shitty modern design comes in. Okay. Because <laughs> as you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to interrupt you just to preempt. Like, see, see if I guess if this is right. Because I'm sure in the '90s, someone's house I went to as a kid had a toilet that had a sticker on it that explicitly said like you could short flush like the button by just yes. get, by just sort of tapping the handle that or is long deep. press by like either part. I forget. Is it pump the whole way or hold it down? We have indeed got a button, and that's where the shitty oh, it's got a button as well. Down. No, I mean, we've got a sticker, not a button. That's what I was oh, meant okay. to say. <laughs> There's a sticker on it now to remind everyone. Because as you may well be aware about those modern two-flush systems, even before this point, there was shitty one design where no one agreed on the design of the buttons. So sometimes, like, the smaller button is the long flush for no apparent reason, even though that's, <laughs> yeah, like, completely yeah, yeah. the opposite. Well, sometimes they're, like, inset inside each other, so you have to press, like, both. Yeah, well, like, along yeah. You, like, you press the small one and the big one goes with it, and then it's like, oh, now I understand, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, but, when they're inset like that, you would assume that the small one on the inside would be the short flash, but it's not always, because, because of bad design. But yeah, yeah with think, this handle I think, I think situation... We, I think we lucked out there. I think we've got the small button for the small flash. <laughs> with the handle situation, it's basically the same thing, where 
In order to do the in order to do the full flush, you just press the handle normally. In order to do the short flush, you hold the handle down. <laughs> what? Wait, that's to do the short one. That's yep. bad. Yeah, that's the wrong way round. Surely it sure is. Yeah. I mean, that's I'm that's reading not, that. That's um, not modern design. That's just idiocy. I mean, that yeah. is modern design, but it's just terrible. Like why? why I don't. Like I, I said, I'm sure that design existed before, and they got it the right way round. <laughs> Well, yeah, and even with the buttons, they still sometimes get it the wrong way around. It just seems to be like they just don't think about it in any way. It's just like, we're going to design this thing and not consider how it's actually used. I think you'd like, I'm reading this book, a classic book, apparently, The Design of Everyday Things, and it just is mostly just complaining about this shit <laughs> yeah. uh, and pointing Fantastic. out how stupid it is and how it should be done, right? Because it's pretty obvious, isn't it? Can't wait until we get to look at Rob's new house and it will have old design where it won't be nearly a shitty, well, maybe medium design. I don't know how well, old no, because it, it, it was only built a couple of years before my current place, so it's not mm. going to be that old. It might get away with slightly less. <laughs> I mean, it's had, pe- it's had humans living in it that might actually have made changes. Well, that is also the other thing because it's not like a brand new house that you've only just moved into and it's literally like as the builders left it, shit. <laughs> I mean, my place yeah. is 2017 was built, so I don't know what's crappy about the design. Uh, seems quite good. How do your toilets flush? Uh, they have um, two buttons, and the, the one for the long flush is physically larger. <laughs> and Wait, they're, they're two buttons. separate buttons? Yeah, two separate buttons oh. on a panel on the top, yeah. Like, see, that's even better. That's quite nice. And I think they have Braille on them as well, if you're, if you're blind. Ah, that's nice. I mean, that's nice aesthetically, but <laughs> no, it's fine. That's fine. Are any of your light switches behind the door? <laughs> no, they're on the right side. They're on the correct side. And it has what it has is slightly too much. Like, um, I mean, it's fine. Obviously, it's good. But like, there are switches that control those um, plug sockets that are a different design with round holes instead of uh, rectangular ones, which are they're they're the main sockets, but they're controlled by light switches, right? So you can plug in like lamps and have them controlled by the oh, I the see. light switches right, but yeah. I don't have any of those so they're a bit redundant um, yeah and there's there's a lot of plugs uh, I don't know I mean, that is the one thing crappy. about that's the one decent thing about modern house design a lot more plug sockets yeah I don't think I've got any issues uh, thus far that I can think of that's, uh, that's irritating me uh, the one thing was that I fixed was it's got mechanical ventilation. It's not air conditioning, but it's mechanical ventilation. And there's a unit in the uh, in the utility cupboard uh, that um, you can turn on and off with a switch um, for uh, an extractor for, fan, basically. extractor basically for the whole place. Um, it's not like a, just a kitchen extractor. It's for the whole place, right? And there's vents in, in every ceiling and stuff. Uh, and the vents in the rooms are quiet, but the actual um, extractor thing in the cupboard is makes a noise that you can hear in the hall, hmm. um, uh, which is slightly annoying. Uh, so I was relieved that to find out that you can turn it off with that switch. Uh, but then it said in that handbook that it's best to leave it on, you know, just to stop condensation or whatever. So I was like, oh, that's annoying. I'm going to be turning this on and off. So I got one of those switch bot things, which I think was a Kickstarter that my brother was talking about. 
and it's like a little yeah it's a like a little white plastic box which just has a little servo actuator arm that just presses switches (laughs) you know remotely uh i just got that so you you literally it's like a lego mindstorms kit you fit to your your existing light switches yeah yeah to your switch and you just (laughs) stick it with them 3m and then it just presses the switch and then it comes with a little hook which you can stick to it so that it can rock a rocker switch back and forth so it can turn on and off by just pulling or pushing Uh, and then i just bluetooth to it use the app and i could just set a schedule because it's got an internal clock and now it just turns the thing on and off every day (laughs) yeah so that's awesome so is that presumably that's not wired in though that's battery right it's battery yeah apparently in last six months at least i don't know yeah yeah well, yeah, like most of my window sensors, as it turns out, they only last about six months. Yeah, I hope those have but, some kind of warning on them. Well, I no, I've coded in a warning. So, <laughs> ah. like, if if they go offline, it's like, and you were using the the Smart Things app or whatever, you could you could then you know you'd have to look at them and they would they would say offline, and you'd be like, oh, what's that about? But no, I've coded in as part of our good night routine. Um, it will send a notification saying, yeah, these sensors are offline. Oh, that's handy. Let you know when it's... <laughs> it's handy, except for the bit where it doesn't do it by default. <laughs> yeah, it would have been quite nice. But uh, I think that's These part great of the safety with... features that become incredibly unsafe randomly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as it turns out, I think that's uh, like a fairly widespread problem with like smart sensors in general, and that their battery... It, it, when it reports the battery, it's not right anyway. Mm. Like, So these sensors, they tend to go, yeah, I'm fine, yeah, I'm fine, yeah, I'm fine, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm just gone. Like right. I, I was at about fifty percent. No, no. Now I'm off. So like you can't really judge it based on that. Um, irritatingly, I can't put like I'm about to run out of power because they just go. They just go. Um, and apparently that's that, that seems to be a thing. And not just out of the smart thing sensors. There's a few, quite a few others that seem to ha- have that problem. It's like great. That's no good. But you that's can at least no tell me good. when they're dead. So yeah, when we um we have a long press on the bedside button that will turn off the house and arm the uh, the security mode, mm, and cool. uh, if there's any problems with that, you, you get sent a notification on Alexa and on your phone, and then you inconveniently have to get up and deal with it. <laughs> yeah, but that's the whole point. That was the reason why I got the window sensors in the first place, right? Unless we leave one open, and then we go to bed, and it's all like, and then it's all like, yeah, you've left a, you've left a window downstairs open, you idiot convenient Although gonna, it's quite are you going to need the, more sensors for your new place yeah probably although I've been trialing a, um, a different because it's, it's hard to get hold of smart things official sensors now like the, the hmm. I, don't, I don't think Samsung makes them anymore which is annoying because they're the best um, uh, and they, they other than the battery thing but they do they do work very very well um, so I've been looking at cheap crappy alternatives and I've attached one to the fridge now um uh, that has come into effect a couple of times this week. So when 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 Gnome's in the kitchen, some, she has a habit sometimes of just leaving the fridge open. And so after a certain period of time, uh, um, um, the Echo devices in the house will just go, the bloody fridge is open. <laughs> nice. I like the sarcastic tone. That's the key part of it. <laughs> Love the bloody fridge open. <laughs> boom, boom. The bloody fridge is open. <laughs> That's cool. I mean... That's the dream of 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 you know 
computers talking to you is that they're going to be sarcastic, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's quite nice that you can like rig up routines like that. So it's uh, um, yeah. So so when you if you have an announcement that comes through Alexa or Echoes or whatever, then you can you can just put whatever text you want in it. Yeah, so which is nice. Even so, like even doing something like that, I think I I you had I had to jump through some hoops to get it to work because like the the Amazon ecosystem on its own doesn't have a the ability to say when this is when a contact sensor has been open for a certain period of time. Mm. It can you can you can track when a sensor is open, but you can't track when that sensor has been open for so long. So what what I actually have to do is I have to have a um a, a routine in uh, smart things which can do that. But then I somehow need to get that knowledge to the Amazon ecosystem to tell the echoes to do stuff. So mm. you have to, <laughs> I use WebCore to rig up a virtual contact sensor as in one that isn't real, doesn't exist. Um, but I can use WebCore to say like when this um, routine runs on smart things or effectively when smart things triggers this virtual switch, you can then open this virtual contact sensor um, mm. which which the Echo ecosystem can see and will then trigger a routine on the Echo ecosystem to actually read the announcement. So even to get something this simple working how I wanted it to, I had to jump through quite a few hoops. Mm. No, it's, yeah, nothing still quite, quite works yeah. in smart home. Nothing, nothing still yeah. quite is quite there. It's really not... It's, I mean, it's great that you can. I mean, I wouldn't mind, like some amount of that kind of hoops thing if it was all just you know a more simplified sort of code base even <laughs> just like yeah um, i mean that's where things like straight drag and drop code would be great uh, yeah there's um there is if you want to go fully custom there is a platform called home assistant that you can that you can run on a on a you know your own server effectively or or on a Raspberry Pi. Raspberry Pi, yeah. And then that pretty much is that. Like, you're entering code territory um, if you want to get into into that. Uh, and it is hugely customizable. But, but then you're still going to hit these roadblocks of, hey, you want your, your home speakers to do a thing. You've got to integrate with the platform those home speakers are on. Mm. And that's where things like Home Assistant and stuff get pretty goddamn complicated as far as i can tell because someone someone somewhere needs to have written a thing which is probably a hack and will probably get unsupported at some point blog it's like yeah no one no one no one quite does it properly the amazon system no no one none of the hot smart home systems move fast enough either to really be like oh it'd be great if it did this thing it's like yeah they, they might add it in a few years mm. time things that seem simple it's like that's where you just need to commit to the down light switch situation and just have everything be separate separate robots that are like like my stores where you just yeah. you just build a robot to physically interact with the thing rather yeah. than try to create a new thing that does it. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a genius idea. Like a physical task task bot. Yeah, because they also make uh, like a, a little robot, which is basically like a little re re remote control car, basically that like hangs from uh, curtain rails and like will draw the curtains, which is mm. kind of cool. But um, 
I don't think it'll work with these. I, I, I'm going to just replace these with when I get the save up a bit more. I'm just going to get motorized roller blinds. I think those are quite expensive, though. I know, like, but that will be the the that will be the big augmentation for the the flat. It might take a year or something to get those, but I'm going to get those. I think. Yeah, even because you can get smart rails as well now, can't you? Where they're specifically built to draw and close curtains, but yeah. those on their own are pretty pricey. Yeah, I'm going to get the full full roller blinds. I think find a company that will fit them, custom, you know, bespoke or whatever. Um, but that'll be down the line because mm. I spent all my money. <laughs> yeah. uh, so but I think that will be the piece de resistance <laughs> for this place. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. That's another one of those like, oh, I left all the curtains open when I left the house. Uh, press a button, close all the curtains. Yeah, just automatically close them. That'd be that cool. Would, that would be nice. Yeah. Must be nice. Yeah. Luckily, I only have two rooms with windows, but they are huge windows. <laughs> uh, so it will be expensive. Yeah, that makes it almost makes it worse, doesn't it? Lots of little windows are probably quite manageable. Yeah, because with little ones, you can get li literally get motorized blinds from IKEA, but not with these. These are going to have to be like custom because they're like floor to ceiling, massive windows. Massive windows. Massive. Um, but yeah, that'll be the the, the final. Uh, what do you call it? on the cake <laughs> what do you call it icing cherry on the cake there you go on top icing on it's the cake cherry on top it's more like icing yeah i would say blinds are more like icing than a cherry <laughs> they cover the thing yeah they're, they're definitely more flat <laughs> yeah they're more flat anyway <laughs> icing on the cake this is a podcast about video games. Yeah, uh, but there's no video game <laughs> news. That's there's very little. I'm reliably informed. Um, there was a Nintendo Indie World, um, but there's really not much to pull from that 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 caught my eye. Honestly, um, that that do you remember that I mentioned they were making a new Ninja Turtles game, sort of based on Here's the Turtles in time style, um, like a beat 'em up. Um, I didn't realize that was being made by Tribute. And it's like, oh, hang on a minute. Now I'm even more interested. Because yeah. Tribute are formed by um, basically the ex-developers that were in that sort of Ubi that weird Ubisoft mush that ended up making Scott Pilgrim. Hmm. Um, and then went on to make, well, a, a sequence of less good games, let's say. Like Flint Hook was all right. Um, I, I think they were all all right. Let's put it that way, but they haven't really hit their stride again since that. So hey, they're making a beat em up, which is what I love them for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's mutant turtle turtle themed, apparently ninja turtle themed. I mean, that's not the the good part of this, but <laughs> no, okay, well, <laughs> other than people quite like turtles in time, but you know, uh, yeah, I spotted that uh, on their montage. I spotted their the House of the Dead is getting a remake. What about Typing of the Dead? Didn't say anything about Typing of the Dead. Damn it. Because it's on the Switch, I guess. Typing on a Switch might be a bit old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shooting on the Switch isn't going to be great either. Yeah, me. how is that going to work? Dead. Like, is it like, is it just going to. Okay, I guess it'll just be like the weird. 
um, you'll just use the Joy-Cons to do pointery-like actions, but those pointery-like actions aren't great with the Joy-Cons, are they? Because they don't have the IR mm. pointer. Well, it depends how well they implement the gyro version of the pointing, because that can work pretty good. It's all right, isn't it? But they always need... Re- the problem with those is there's always you always need to recalibrate. Constantly. Super calibration, right? Maybe. I mean, yeah. in theory, with like a house of the dead s game it could almost probably do that automatically every time you reload almost because <laughs> there's going to be a d- distinct pause in your firing patterns every time yeah maybe I mean, maybe that's it maybe the button press to reload is a calibration uh yeah just weird it's probably going to be like panzer dragoon remake you know like sort of like no extras just here's house of the dead enjoy it for an hour that's my guess, anyway. There's no House of the Dead 2, anyway. House of the Dead 1 is not as good. <laughs> True. Uh, Fez. They're actually putting that out again on Switch. Oh, okay, that makes sense. But, I mean, like, of all the games, I, I I mean, I thought that thing was never going to see the light of day anywhere else after what happened to, like, Polytronic and him saying he was, like, out of the business or whatever. And... But hey, no... Someone, someone money to be made. To yeah, and thought the Switch would be a good place for it. I mean, I don't even think that game came out on X-Bone or PS4. Like, I think maybe you can play the 360 version on X-Bone? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think it ever came out on anything apart from the original and PC. Yeah. Well, it may have come out on the PlayStation. I'm really not sure. Yeah, it, it it is odd, though. Yeah, it's just it's just a strange like. Oh, hey, we haven't seen this game for like a decade. By the way, the Switch, power of the Switch. <laughs> um, and there, one more thing was their reveal of Oxen Free Two, which uh, I find kind of interesting that they went back to that because you know Oxen Free was decent, and then they went and made After Party that I hated. Don't say that very much, but yeah, that game hmm. sucked. Um. And uh, yeah, so it's nice to see them re- returning to it, I guess. But um, I don't know. I, maybe I've lost faith in it now because of After Party. <laughs> and that was the indie world, really. Like, I, I don't really want to. There's nothing really to pull from there. Roll Seven are making another Ollie Ollie game after Laser League failed them. Is it Ollie Ollie World or something? Ollie Ollie World, yeah. Does that imply it's like. Open world, but 2D or something? Yeah, that's kind of what they're saying. Different art style this time. Mm. So it's a bit more French comic booky, I guess. Mm. A bit more like how Sable and all Tintin looks, I guess. That's all. Um, it's Belgian. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just. It was sort of a little disappointing to see that that's what Roll 7 are doing now, because I really liked Laser League. Um, mm. It didn't. It didn't get enough of an audience to stay alive for very long, which is a big, which is a bit of a shame. But I thought the actual design of the game was was really decent, and mm. um, yeah, it, it deserved better. Um, so in a way, it's dis- it's disappointing for me to see them return to Ollie Ollie because it's just like ah, uh, you, you know, you guys have proven that you could do more than just this. Mm. Um. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of all I all I got really from that. So you know, it wasn't very long. 
and that's the news. That's Nindies. Um, oh, it's Nindies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the rest of the, there's a couple of little bits of news, other news points, minor things. Like, yeah, you meant um, as you picked on up on before we began the cast. Dan, Amazon has cancelled whatever the Lord of the Rings MMO they were making, which right. I guess is adding even more to the woe that Amazon Games is going through. So was that going to be a tie-in with their TV series? That's I have no idea. Yeah, what's going on with that? I think are they filming that because obviously filming in New Zealand they can do with the COVID. Um, sure, because it's not being free. such a problem there. Yeah, because <clears throat> that's set in the Second Age, isn't it? Or is it set in the Third Age, like earlier in the Third Age? What are um, these ages? The, the TV show, the Ages of Middle Earth. You know the. Uh, Lord of the Rings takes place at the end of the Third Age. Um, yeah. And there were various, lo- many, many times before that, thousands and thousands <laughs> of years of stuff. Um, and yet only three ages. <laughs> yeah, but they're really long. <laughs> um, you think they would have come up with some more sub-ages to fill, fill out the... Yeah, well, well the, the thing that really confuses me every time is that there's an event that happens where um, Numenor, the island, is drowned because basically the 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 the, the, the humans on Numenor, they're they're badasses, the Numenorians, Numenorians, Numenorians. They they're like the most badass of men or whatever, and they live for ages, not as long, not not immortal, but they're they're kick ass or whatever. But they get corrupted by Sauron naturally. And um, they get too big for their boots, and they try to invade the uh, the Undying Lands, Valinor, by sailing to the west. And God is like, "Fuck that!" As soon as they arrive, he because at the time, at that moment, the Earth, the no, it's not the Earth, Arda, the equivalent of the Earth, is flat. I think it's flat, and then. He says, sod that. He he destroys their island like Atlantis, and then he makes the whole world the, uh, round, and he removes Valinor from the world so that there's no way you can sail to it. <laughs> so when you sail, you just go round the circle, and you don't get to Valinor. Um, unless you have the straight, the secret path that the elves can go, the straight road, which is where Frodo and Co. go at the end. When they sail off, they go. They actually leave the world and go to the Undying Lands, where it's all nice. Uh, but anyway, okay. that event where the whole world gets remade and made into a circle, into a sphere, um, that is not that that does not delineate an age. That actually happens in the middle of an age, <laughs> and it what? does not start a new age. Yeah, I know. So that would you'd think that would be an age, right? It's you like would think going, so. Going, going from ice age to well, whatever age we're in now, exactly regular, regular ass age. I mean, maybe then, maybe in that case, it's like. It wasn't very noticeable to most people. <laughs> Maybe that's true. Because when Sauron's defeated at the end of the Lord of the Rings, at the end of the film or whatever, that is the end of the Third Age and beginning of the Fourth Age. Uh, so that is an age-ending event. But for mm. some reason, completely changing the structure of the world from flat to, to round <laughs> does not end an age. <laughs> it happens in the middle. Have, you think that would have some side effects? Yeah, yeah. I like, mean, there, might all... some, there might be some mountains changing. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, at the end of the first age, the entirety of Beleriand, or whatever it's called, which is like a Middle-earth-sized region, is completely destroyed and drowned in the sea. So so was this MMO then Lords of the Old Republic? 
Well, that's what I'm wondering. What the t- maybe that's what the TV show is. I think it's Elves mm. of the Old Republic, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but is that fun? I don't know. I'm sure it'll be mostly men, won't it? Because they're more interesting. Because elves are a bit boring. That's the problem with elves, isn't it? Um, you want the dwarves? Yeah. See, the dwarves have their own battles, like with the orcs and stuff. That is completely separate from the elves and the the humans. They just have their own like wars. Um, like I'm Moria or whatever. About dwarves. Yeah, you could do. Yeah, there's Durin, whatever. That, and because the Balrog that you see, you know, you shall not pass and all that. That Balrog is Durin's bane because he had a big he had a big fight with the uh, uh, with the dwarves like hundreds of years before that. So you could do a whole series just on the dwarves, dwarves and the orcs. Although they kind of did that in the stupid Hobbit movies, and it wasn't very good. Rock and stone. Yeah, but they use that material well, part of that from the appendices, the Lord of the Rings, and they just shoved it into the Hobbit movies for no reason, just okay. to extend them. Yeah. It's like, well, we're taking this shorter thing, and we still want to make three three hour yeah. epics. <laughs> three fucking epic films out of a children's book. Uh, we never did watch the end of the Hobbit. Don't bother. No, it's not like we, we watched bother. the first two. Gnome can't remember anything about the desolation of Smaug. Um it's not very memorable. No, it really isn't. I can't remember anything about the first Hobbit film. I remember more about Smaug than I do the first one. I mean, I remember the scene where they come, you know, to at the beginning, they come to Bag End, but that's only because I remember it from the book, really, you know, where they keep right. turning up and there's more and more dwarves and he's trying to serve them or whatever. That's, oh, that's right. memorable. Yes. Okay, yeah. And then I remember Smaug talking, right, Benedict Gumberbatch or whatever, with the piles of gold. Yes, yeah. I don't remember, I don't remember much else. I remember that, yeah. And I remember well, Sylvester McCoy as Radagast, visually. Hmm. You know, the guy with the bird shit in his hair. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't remember much beyond that. No. I remember the action sequence of, of the uh, barrels going down the river being really stupid looking. Yep. Yeah, that was pretty dumb. And I mean, that was pretty really... dumb in general. Yeah, it was dumb. And I remember some of the cameos in Lake Town because you've got Stephen Fry and Stephen Colbert, <laughs> I think, in Lake Town. Mm-hmm. Cameo Town, you mean? Yeah, Cameo Town. <laughs> Word up. Uh, anyway, well, that's cancelled. Let's finish off this panting news section. Uh, Epic Games. Uh, everyone was wondering like how much money they were sinking into like their exclusivity deals and giving away free games, and it turns out it's a lot of money because uh, Apple have like basically laid it all bare as part of their lawsuit against Epic um, for the whole Fortnite thing and the right. circumventing the Apple Store thing or the iOS, whatever that's called, the App Store. There we go. The App Store. Circumventing yeah. that. Um, yeah, so apparently the Epic Games Store has lost $330 million since its opening. Right. Um, and I'm sat here thinking, it's like, okay, that's a lot of money that they've lost. Um, Tim Sweeney doesn't care of Epic Games. He's like, yeah, that's part of the investment. <laughs> Which, that's That's fine. And then a bit, and I'm wondering if it like he's like, yeah, that's fine, simply because Fortnite probably makes more money than that's losing. Probably, that's that's my guess and, here. And and it's a investment, right? To bootstrap yeah. a platform that will make a ton of money, theme style, right? Although, like, like that's 
let's talk about that for a second because it's like that epic story is still that's it's still way behind where I expected it to be mm. at this point in time. Like it still doesn't have proper friend control or like interactions or a chat platform or any of that. It's still missing all of that. It's literally just a store and that's it. Like it's it, it it's still super bare bones. It's like in fairness to them, I think there's probably more of that coming because there's some sort of like epic like uh, I don't know, you, you may have noticed through Rocket League, Zach, it's like it's now called there's a part of it called Epic Online Services now. Well that was a way um, they called the back end of the Epic system. Yeah, uh, like like you know they had that's why it linked to Rocket League directly. And, yeah, um, and all that stuff. But apparently that stuff, like it's sort of not in the store particularly, and it's like there's a there's an optional update I think you can get hold of that like prepares you for Epic Online Services being a part of the store. It's weird, anyway. Um, anyway, I just that was just my point. It's like it's. Like for something they're investing in, it doesn't seem like they're investing technologically in it all that much. Hurry the chaff up if you want to compete. They're not gonna. It's gonna end up like every other one of those stores, just like we always said it would. Well, yeah, but they do. They do need a, probably some. I was talking to uh, Ho yesterday because she she swung by when we were in the park. Way. having a picnic and um of course mediatonica company got bought by epic and mm-hmm. uh, so they're going through acquisition stuff and she had some interesting things to say which we, um but <laughs> apparently they got uh, the producers she got an email from tim sweeney saying we're married <laughs> so <laughs> so now she refers to him as her husband <laughs> oh my husband tim sweeney this is our company husband that's quite funny Lols. I think um, they were all a bit worried about crunch culture because Mediatonic was super against crunch culture and mm. the Epic, like, they basically won't rule it out, mm. as you can imagine. Mm. So that's depends, kind of con- Depends how heavy-handed they're going to be. Like, yeah. You'd like to think that most acquisitions, like the actual publisher, doesn't force crunch upon the developer. Yeah, like but is it is it? It's not that Epic are just Mediatonic's publisher. It's not Epic owned. No, no, no. Right? It's more than it is yeah. more than that. But even so, yeah, we shall see. Uh, and finally, um, this is more of a discussion point than anything else um, because it, it's interesting. Like in in the wake of the Snyder cut. Um, <laughs> Uh, basically, one of the like leads or creatives from uh, Dragon Age Two was uh, was asked whether or not he'd do some. Like, he, he basically mentioned like it'd be, it'd be interesting to do a Snyder cut of Dragon Age Two to be all mm. like, "Hey, here's all the stuff we left on the cutting room floor, mm. uh, and here's what the vision actually was supposed to be." Which then got me thinking, and it's like, is that would that approach actually be? decent like uh in the in the in the realm of like remakes and remasters and stuff like that that we get all the damn time would it be more interesting for games to actually turn around and go no no no. when we mean like the director's cut version of the game it's like no there's actually quite a lot this was the original vision like the full vision like we, we didn't we put all the stuff we cut back in right the stuff that was cut for production reasons not necessarily um quality reasons right yeah if, if you if you cut it because it was crap leave it cut but 
Yeah, that may be like, um, you know, they'll talk about Halo and the library level or whatever, and it was like right, the original yeah. plan was to do this, and then it ended up being a series of corridors because of performance problems or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, if you could go back and fix that the way you originally wanted to have it. I mean, I'd love that for Halo because I don't like the visual style of the, um, you know, the anniversary edition. Sure. And and it would be nice. That is was always the complaint about the original Halo was it had copy pasted corridors um so if you just fix that about what is otherwise a perfect game <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah and do a better visual treatment that would be awesome yeah yeah but that isn't like that isn't i mean the slider cut is weird because it's like it was specifically i mean obviously it's a movie so it's not exactly the same but it was specifically hijacked or well not hijacked because it happened because of a family tragedy right it wasn't like taken away from that's one of the reasons yeah um but um it was taken over by a completely different director with a different vision halfway through and if that happened to a video game has that it presumably that has happened but oh that must have that must happen yeah plenty of times yeah but when that happens, you'd have to find a good one to make it analogous to the the Schneider Cut, wouldn't you? Yeah, uh, yeah. Can you well, think of you, any? You think you think of projects that may have been cut. You know, uh, there's probably games where they were forced to come out earlier than they had originally planned. So stuff was cut to make the yeah, release date make, right. I reckon yeah. that must happen all the time. Oh yeah, that definitely um, happens. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you can just imagine if Cyberpunk was given another decade, right? It might have actually come out a as a finished decade. game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not the same. Being shooting no. a buggy isn't the same as cut content. <laughs> no, no, true, true. But yeah. like, um, I was watching a um, um, a retrospective review of Vagrant Story, which is an old Square Enix game. Well, probably not even Square Enix. It was probably SquareSoft at that point on right, PS One, right, right. and it's like a game I didn't really know a lot of lot about. Um, uh, but is is one of that era's more interesting games by the looks of it. Like it's quite cool. Not sure I'd ever play it, but it's quite cool. And I'd like, mm. and they, but as part of that, they were saying it's like, yeah, we could, limitations on the PS One meant we basically had to cut half of our original scenario out of the game. Like, so right. what was left was only half of the vision. And it's like, wow, <laughs> like, like what, what, what could you have done if that wasn't a problem? It's hard because the, sometimes the constraints are what make it. Like that, Cyberpunk is a great yeah. example of 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 something where they consider they thought we can do anything, and they didn't constrain themselves, and then they just blew. It kind of was true with Metal Gear Solid Five as well, where they sure. just were like, yeah. well, "We'll just do what, what everything we can think of," and then they got cut. Right, like that would be great. Metal Gear Solid Five is already awesome, but if you could somehow, you know, release the Kojima cut of that. That would be insane. God, yeah. If that game was actually finished. Yeah. I love that game, even in its unfinished state. I think it's cool. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, then, the problem with but, it, as we've said before, is it the story-wise, it's just not as insane and fun as other Metal Gears. Like, sure. Just, not the main storyline, anyway. No. All, the, all the weird stuff is around the edges in yeah. MGS5. Well, I say that. I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff in there too. Yeah, but, but it's just not as like I like that that joke in the donkey thing where he goes through every all the Metal Gear stories and he just has like two seconds for Metal Gear Solid Five <laughs> because <laughs> nothing happens that matters. Sure, yeah. 
I guess the, the flip side of that is like you end up with games like Death Stranding, I suppose. Like, yeah, but that was vision, constrained man. by budget, right? That was that was to not. Some it, it was a triple A game, but it wasn't of the same budget anywhere close as something like Metal Gear Five, right? I, I don't think they gave them. No, but then I reckon a great deal of the budget on Metal Gear Five was spent on Kiefer Sutherland. But <laughs> uh, maybe he doesn't do much. <laughs> they get some high-profile guys in, I suppose. It's like I don't know how much of a paycheck Norman Reedus took away, but yeah, yeah. I'm because I'm fragile, but I'm not that fragile. Yes, fragile, <laughs> fragile. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just a, it's just an interesting thing to think about. I wonder. I wonder if you go back. Oh God! I, when I was on that same video spree, I did watch one about Star Fox Zero. Oh yeah, and like and, and why that? And it's like apparently, like it came. I forget who where this quote came from, but there was basically someone on the team that said it's like, uh, yeah, we didn't really have much in the way of new ideas for this, <laughs> other than shoehorning in the Wii U control schemes. And it's like, yeah, it was just kind of annoying that like Miyamoto seemed excited about that, and then it didn't turn out. To oh, it's such a lie. Anything. That's that's kind yeah, of the problem. It's a like, a, like, don't get me wrong, Miyamoto's a legend, but on yeah. this particular thing, he was dead wrong. Yeah, he was totally like, wrong. it's like just <laughs> well, he ha- doesn't have a perfect record with like no Wii music and all that stuff. Wii music yeah, was the one yeah, I was thinking orchestra. of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's cool that he pushes things forward, but. But he tried. Know. It's it's an experiment yeah. that just didn't didn't work at all. Didn't uh, and it came so late in the Wii U cycle as well. Yeah. Um Yeah. Man, I'm I'm bummed about that. Like I really I am still bummed about Star Fox Zero. It's like it's just even you know, Platinum should have at least could they in uh, Platinum games, come on, you should have been able to pull it in a decent direction, but they didn't. Mm. The best thing about that Star Fox package was Star Fox Guard, and that's not even really a... That didn't have to be a Star Fox game. They actually used the Wii U in clever ways. I guess they might have been right, though, about the, hey, what do we do with Lilac, you know, Star Fox? It's like, how do you beat Lilac Wars? Star Fox Armada... Or whatever yeah, but you could say that about GameCube was didn't like Smash Brothers. Like, how do you beat? How do you beat the previous one? I don't know. Well, uh, the thing is, again. like, <laughs> beat it by just making it longer and, and updating the graphics. That was pretty yeah. much all they needed to do. Well, and they updated the graphics and then got rid of all the cool stuff. Like, the, yeah, the, the branching paths weren't as interesting. The uh, mechanics by which you unlocked the branching paths weren't interesting at all. Um, yeah, it was just a. It wasn't um, like they were making the fifth game in the series or something. It was only like technically the third, I suppose. <laughs> well, fourth, I guess. If you want really if you technically, the, if you yeah, if you count the Namco one, fifth. If you count Star Fox two, but realistically, it was more like the second game. <laughs> Sixth, if you count the Star Fox Command on the DS. But yeah, probably the third in the main line, I guess you could say. I'd call it more like 
two and a half because the, yeah. the the R wing sections of Star Fox Adventures were, were the half because <laughs> right. they were actually pretty good. They were just uh, in a real bad game <laughs> and not you know long or anything. Was Star Fox Adventures really bad? It was, was pretty it just... bad. No, really? Okay. I mean, clearly you, we're going to you make it clear that at some you? point in the future. <laughs> See, I thought you were a defender of Star Fox Adventures. I thought. I mean, it's it's like extremely average. Like you can tell, it's just it's like Zelda but bad. <laughs> Where it's just like, like this is trying to be Zelda. It's just like it's got no you know style to it. It's just it's just the most. It's that kind of classic. It's not quite like B tier. It's like very slightly above B tier. Like these animations are all super stiff, and like the actual mechanics of it feel janky. And <laughs> it's that style of thing, but slightly better than pure B tier. <laughs> there weren't many like Zelda clones then, though. Even right, even or Ocarina of Time Zelda clones at that point, right? There weren't that many. I mean, I can I can only really think Outright, of like. Well, Beyond Good and Evil, I guess, was had some Zeldery elements. I just looked up um, Res because we were thinking of rail shooters because of Star Fox, oh, yeah. Res Infinite on mm. PS4. Because I was like, oh, I should get that for PS4, and I remember it being slightly more expensive than I wanted to pay for it on PlayStation. You know, compared sure. to Steam, and yeah. I've just looked at it, and it says free. What? As part of our Play at Home campaign, you can download and keep this game at no extra cost. Download before 23rd of April. Amazing. That's Everyone good. should do so I've just clicked add to library. So we'll yeah. see if that appears. On at least you can do well. that through the website now. Yeah. There was, a, there was an annoying period of time where you couldn't do that if you're a PlayStation Plus or you know you had a PlayStation account. You just couldn't go to the website and just be like, add it, please. That is I don't want to have excellent. to fire up my PlayStation. Yeah, that is Res that is Infinite. Genius. Unit price of zero pounds. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I mean, I've already got the Steam version, but you know, might as well yeah. have that one as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to. I'm. I want to get my surround sound set up, but um, with the Sonos, which I'll see what it's like. But they delivered the um, stands, and I already had one speaker, you know, for behind the um, sofa. But the other speaker, they're out of stock until the end of April. <laughs> so now I have one on a stand, and I have to wait for the other one before I can enable the surround sound. <laughs> uh, but I want to try some res with some surround sound. Which is something you've taken for granted for many years, but <laughs> I have not had. Well, yeah, taking it for granted until I can't have it because of the stupid Series X not having an optical port. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, because that's Could the thing. Need... So my my soundbar current one has optical, but the new one is eARC, right? Okay, uh, which be, is HDMI right. cable. Yeah, is it two point one? I don't know. It's it. I think it does Dolby Vision as well. The new one. Yeah, I mean that's that's the problem. That's why I'm holding back at the moment. Is because like I need like eARC's one thing, and it's that does solve a lot of problems, but. Mm. For for my rig, I don't just need eARC. I need eARC with an HDMI 2.1 pass through, right? In order to feed the TV with enough bandwidth for that 4K 120 loveliness. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. See how it goes. I mean, if it is 2.1, you're laughing. Aha! Like that. Aha! Aha! Where are we? 
We what are we are we still in news? That's the end of news. That's the end. Yeah. Of news. Okay. It's time for what you've been playing. Uh, Zach, I think it's your turn. What have you been playing? Well, it's not going to be a very long section here, over <laughs> because it's been not an interesting period of time. I, I mean, would say elongate it with the "What have you not been playing?" section. <laughs> well, I mean, that's sort of what I'm about to do, but not quite, because like. It's not things I haven't been playing, but like I was looking at Steam in general, and I looked at my like wish list a couple of times, and mm-hmm. I think for the last two weeks there's not been a single thing on my wish list that's been on sale, and I was like, holy shit! Wow, emails <laughs> <That's laughs> all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my wish list isn't you know super long; it's only like fifty, <laughs> but still, <laughs> that's quite weird. I mean, I, may, may, maybe that's a secret. Maybe that's a hint that there's a sale coming up because, like, no oh, one wants right. to have their like special discounts before the sale discounts. Yeah, yeah, could be. <laughs> and I guess also, technically, there actually things I haven't been playing, but I noticed that I believe Subnautica Below Zero has finally actually come out. <laughs> ah, I see. oh sweet! Not early. So, I mean, I don't know whether I'll get to that. I might wait for a sale on that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's actually not that cheap. It's like 25 quid. So it is like a full indie game price, I guess. <laughs> Proper game. So we'll see. I I, yeah, I noticed that that must have come out because I, was, I started seeing like the various um, like PlayStation and Microsoft's YouTube channels or whatever had started uploading adverts for it. And I was like, oh, that must mean it's actually come out now, <laughs> the final version. <laughs> Well, I refrain from watching those videos in case of potential spoilers. Right, yeah. <laughs> Not that I imagine there will be any spoilers because, you know, they wouldn't want you to get spoiled on that kind of game. <laughs> but yeah, there's that. That's a thing that may happen in the future, maybe. But we'll see. And then what I have been playing mainly is continuing to grind away at the Pokemon Mystery Dungeons. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm reasonably determined that maybe this time I'll properly finish it. But it is a ridiculously long, like I think I probably said this the first time I played it. But like the the story part of that game is like probably a third of the actual length of all the content. <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying that. So yeah, I've been <laughs> trundling away at it, but it's just like. I've reached a kind of a weird point where it doesn't seem like I'm getting as much stuff as I should be any longer. Like you're not you, in the sort of early post game, you're unlocking like tons of new Pokemon and you're constantly getting missions. And then the missions are starting to stack up and you're like, Oh, I'll go to this one dungeon and it has six missions. I can finish in one run. But now I'm down to like, Dungeons, the dungeons only have like one mission. And some, some of these dungeons that I, you have to, go through every dungeon to like complete them for the world map because like the world map has like a percentage completion on it as well and like a load of these dungeons i've never been to have just never had a mission to like you know do while i was there Mm. which sort of doesn't incentivize you to go and do that we're just like i'll just run through this dungeon but there's no point apart from to complete the map but then the trouble with that is that that you're also when you go to a new dungeon, you're probably going to see new enemies, and then meeting the new Pokemon introduces them into like the pool, so they can then spawn their mission theoretically, and then you can get them into your team. So like theoretically going through new dungeons actually could potentially lead to more missions, but there's no way of knowing. <laughs> hmm. 
and I do wish sometimes that they like it's another one of those elements where it's like this game is better, but it still could be improved further. Where it's just like it just doesn't tell you enough information about the dungeons. Like it tells you sort of how hard they are, but sort of it's like a hell of vague five tiered difficulty rating that doesn't really tell you much about how difficult the enemies actually are. Mm. But the main problem is it doesn't like give you any kind of clue about you know type. <laughs> the most <laughs> important thing for Pokemon. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's obvious where it's like, oh, electric wasteland. I think it might be full of electric Pokemon, and it is, <laughs> fortunately. But then you get like Flagstone Cave, where it's like, oh, I think I'll co- go in with some like anti-rock Pokemon. But no, it's all water Pokemon. <laughs> uh, the other type of cave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like I, some kind of information would be helpful. What's the flagstone part about that cave? Well, it's just a type of rock that the cave's made out of, I guess. <laughs> just because the cave is also full of water. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's that's the kind of thing where I it, you, you wish it would give you slightly more information, but then like if it gave you too much, it'd make it too easy. <laughs> hmm. If you knew exactly what Pokemon would spawn in every dungeon, and then you'd just be like, I'll just find, find the exact right type of pokemon to bring with me and even the right moves because you know what moves everything has i guess what you want is one of those systems where it's like you don't know when you go into it the first time but then it like populates it in the in the the menu yeah that would help go too. Back if, to it, it well, like, if it was oh. like because you have to go back to some ones you've done before because new missions have spawned then you should have that information without having yeah. to like retain it yourself <laughs> yeah you can look at the mission and be like oh th- we've you've seen these pokemon in this dungeon yeah that would be nice also um, um Talking about Drops the stupid difficulty, talking about the stupid difficulty level thing, it has a, a a classic like difficulty level slider that that starts at normal. <laughs> right, like it starts at normal, and then the difficulty levels are difficult, very difficult, and super difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like this is not just call it easy or something. I mean, come on, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, but then no one would play it. Like, like you, you call it normal to be like, you should start here, right? That's so you call it easy so. to be like, you should start here. No, like, no one does ga- that, though, do they? Yeah, how many games do I... Yeah, but it's not like... like it's a difficulty setting. It's just how difficult the dungeon is compared to all the other dungeons. Oh, I see. Sorry. I thought you were... Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. I thought you said it was like a set, like, like it was a setting. Right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that also Definitely. because, like, that scale is also even made even worse by like the dungeons that you go through inside the limits of the story probably i think the highest one on there only ever gets up to difficult like you're only going through like normal and difficult dungeons in the story and then the very difficult and super difficult are only in the post game anyway (laughs) so like you probably should have just made it easy normal, hard and then like then the harder ones could have come in the post game and it would have been fine (laughs) so yeah and then I'm still trying to decide on the best tactics to level up all the moves and whatnot. I don't think there is a good tactic. I was hopeful that there might be some kind of like way to prevent that thing that just kicks you out. Like if there was a, if there was some kind of like ability or like special item you could use to just prevent to just allow you to stay on one floor forever, then you could mm. then you could use that to grind training. But I don't think there is. I was hopeful because I found a random item called an apathy orb. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell does an apathy orb do? It's the perfect Zach item. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> and I, I was, ho- I, I like, I thought maybe that would just like it prevents the dungeon from kicking you out. But it's actually just like it prevents any enemy Pokemon on the floor from picking up items. <laughs> right, because they can't be bothered. Yeah, because they're just <laughs> about picking up items. But that's not actually useful. Like, because there's another orb you can get called the Troll Orb that just like scoops up all the items on the floor immediately. So you can mm. just use that if you want to get all the all the items without the enemies picking them out up. So I'm not sure what the exact point of that FFE Orb is. <laughs> it's just like an alternate version, I suppose. But what happens if the enemies do pick up items? Do they tend to use them, or do they? Only sometimes, like Doesn't certain kinds of items, they can use. But some, most of them, they just hold them until you kill them, and then they drop them. Right. <laughs> it's just an inconvenience to not to make it slightly more difficult to get the items, I guess. Mm. But you're doing that anyway, right? You want to beat them up because you want to level your moves. Yes, in that in that specific case, unless you're just trying to get to the stairs or whatever, because mm. that's the what some of the little you get these these um, upgrades that only last inside the dungeons. So they just disappear at the end. And then so those are all temporary, but like you get ones for that which are like you can see all the enemies and or you can see all the items. So that can help you if you want to either fight all the items quickly or avoid all the enemies on your way to the exit. <laughs> but then you're using valuable upgrade slots that you could put like extra damage output or make everything fall asleep when you hit them. <laughs> or all the other weird upgrades. So yeah, that's mostly what I've been doing on my 3DS. Still <laughs> grinding away at it. I think I've got like 500 and something Pokemon now out of 720. <laughs> I'm getting to the point where I might need to start doing the stupid legendary fights. I tried one of them and it was just kind of ridiculous. Mm. Well, it was, it was fine because it was I it was this I knew what I kind of knew what was coming because it was this setup where it was going to have like three of the sort of sub legendary ones throughout the dungeon and then like the big boss at the end. And yeah. I got through like the three small ones easy enough but then the big one was just like insanely overpowered <laughs> compared to them. And I was like, "Oh, well, shit." <laughs> Could I have to leave that for until I've leveled up a bit a bit more or just cheese it. But the trouble is you can't cheese bosses that easily. Because like most bosses have a have a have the ability that like they shake off status conditions really fast, sometimes instantly. <laughs> oh really? But if you if you if you put enough of those status conditions on them, sometimes you can hold them down a bit. <laughs> but then the trouble with that is you're very it's an incredibly risky technique where it's just like if they do shake off all their conditions, they just instantly kill you. <laughs> <laughs> right, and that's nothing you can do. Yeah. So yeah, I'm getting through that. And then the only other thing that's been happening is some Rocket League. Oh, and a bit of Satisfaction, I suppose. Although I haven't really got that much further into Satisfaction. still haven't got to the actual new stuff again. But that's mainly because I've just not been playing it very much. I finally got around to dealing with that stupid coal situation of setting up the vehicles and the and the weird like conveyor ladder up the side of a cliff <laughs> to transport the coal <laughs> to the steel factory. Which wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Although I'm, I'm sure I'm pretty sure there's a mod for this naturally. But like, I really hope that they, they, the developers actually implement some kind of, you know, in-game precision control for like the pathfinding of vehicles. 
Because mm. like when you when when you have to like drive the route that you want your vehicle to follow, it's like you have to do basically a perfect run, essentially, of the route, right, 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 <laughs> and have yeah. it record that. You can go back after you've like recorded the route. You can like delete notes. So if you like run into a rock and you stop temporarily, you can go back and like delete that bit and just ha- have the two other nodes on either side connect but like i want to be able to like pick up the nodes and like rotate or shift them around in the environment that would make it way easier to deal with the little niggles of that system (laughs) also because sometimes you know because the node because the pathing between nodes is like not as high fidelity as your actual driving where it's just like it passes between these two nodes and you drove around this rock but the ai just clips off this rock and flips over <laughs> yeah we we said that back in the day of our was it out was it an alpha video we did yeah yeah it's still it's still basically the same system actually i think it might even be slight they might have removed one of the features of that i don't remember whether if it was in that alpha i'm pretty sure it was but then i think you used to be able to like set a speed on the nodes so you could like make the vehicles drive slow but now that doesn't seem to be there any longer you can only just delete them i don't remember seeing the nodes at all in fairness i think we recorded something and left it yeah because you can hide them from like the vehicles menu and they also still haven't made it so you can properly ride the vehicles while they're auto pathfinding you can stand on them, but it sort of works, providing the terrain is not like lumpy and it doesn't just chuck you off. <laughs> <laughs> but if you like try and you know board the driver's seat, even if the AI is on, it just ignores it if you're in the driver's seat. You can't just stand there and let it drive. <laughs> you have to physically stand on it. Mm. And I bet that probably doesn't work very well in multiplayer. <laughs> <laughs> probably throws you into space (laughs) in classic physics glitch style my favorite yep and then just a little bit of rocket league where i've been doing sort of unusually well like i easily got the champion rewards for this season already nice (laughs) surprisingly i actually stayed in champion i think i very nearly made it to champion two which i was just like this can't that can't be happening (laughs) That's well, way not, higher than, like, than it should be. Well, maybe that's last weekend, anyway. <laughs> that might just be like start of the season, though, where it's just like the the generally more enthusiastic people are in at the start of the season, or like because there's a lot of unranked people, it's like kind of filtering oh, them out in a way. Maybe. I don't know. If, I don't know if at the yeah, start of the unranked. season, when you go to unranked, does that actually affect like the whole bell curve? Essentially, like if there do unranked people still count as theoretically having their rank for the distribution? I mean, you'd think, right? If that, like, because you've still got your rank, haven't you? They're yeah, because it doesn't. It's not a full reset. It just like yeah. hides your rank for ten matches. Essentially, it's a bit dumb. <laughs> But we don't know if it's like changed the algorithm a bit while you're in that state. Yeah. I assume not because, you know, even in champion games, you'll still get unranked people who are presumably champions. Mm. It's not like they're unranked and literally in the middle of the ranks, like platinum or whatever. It still retains their rank hidden. 
but now I'm because I, I was worried about because I was in champion at the end of the last season. So I was trying to cheese it by getting all the other rank rewards in like the extra modes, like hockey. <laughs> so I got all the way up to diamond rewards in hockey and then started playing actual freeze to get the champion rewards. But it turns out I didn't need to worry about that. I stayed well in champion for much longer than that. <laughs> and now I'm done with this season, clearly, except not <laughs> all those other rocket pass levels to get through. Yeah, no, it's not as great a rocket pass this time around, and I, I'm not. <laughs> you kind I'm of say that every time. <laughs> no, I, li- I liked the last one. I liked the the sort of music rave and all the music reactive stuff. I thought season two was decent. Um, uh, I wasn't so happy with you know, what they're call- <laughs> okay. Let's let's be straight. What they are calling season two um, and season three, stupidly since, since yeah. the free to play changed. Season one, I didn't think was all that. Um, and I couldn't be asked with that. Um, yeah, three doesn't seem all that good either. But um, and I and I disagree with their choice to make the post level seventy, um, yeah, random color items the same for everyone and also not a secret. And it's like, ah, oh, that kind of sucks. It's like I, yeah. I I enjoyed getting to seventy and then getting the random. Ooh, what random colored stuff are we getting this time? Yeah, we talked about that. I guess not on the podcast, but we talked about no. that. Where it's like it clearly, like, also this is not relevant for us, but it clearly must like super devalue the rarity of those items. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if this is a whole like another step in the mm, loot boxes thing. <laughs> like, mm, maybe. maybe. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not quite. Well, sure it's because like. It. What forced that well, yeah. Idea. If you consider the idea that they, because they made the blueprints non-hidden, because that was the yeah. whole point of the getting rid of those out of the loot boxes, because they didn't want the the whole thing about loot boxes at the time was like you don't want to hide the percentages and, and therefore we'll just show you what's in them. But then we'll get rid of that system entirely and just make it blueprints instead. So I guess you could argue that again, it's like the same thing where they're just like we don't want to hide the probabilities. But making it the but, same for everyone is dumb. <laughs> there was no reason yeah. to do that. Yeah, the whole idea of the rocket pass is like you know, past seven, up up to seventy. That's the whole. That's where your the value of your money, if you bought in and didn't just earn the credits from the last one. Um, you know, you're 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 getting that. This is exactly what you're getting. So, which I thought would have been enough of a safety net for the whole loot box thing. So it's like, hey, no, this is exactly what you're going to get. Um. This is exactly what you're paying for. Yeah, I can't uh, see that like then, uh, taking out the random was that argument, really. Past that it's point, just it's like, just a bonus, isn't it, really? Yeah, exactly. It was always considered to be like the bonus. And part of the bonus was that you'd get them randomly. Like, you mm. could get the ones, the, fan, the cool ones, even if you didn't put in that much time. But now everyone knows exactly what they're going to get, and it's all the same. So when yeah. you see like the brown might... skin at level seventy four or whatever, it's just like, well, no one wants that, and now everyone's going to get it. <laughs> yeah, and then it'll be like, yeah, it, it, it's off putting more than it is exciting. I think because you look at that list and go like, oh, jeez. <laughs> Especially this time, maybe they just tuned it badly this time. It, like it's not doesn't look all that great. <laughs> well, I was saying that like 
it would be even worse, but surely the, they could just go fully the other way and just make it so, like, every 10 levels beyond 70 is just one of the colours, and you just get all of the different versions of the, in that colour. Oh, Here's God. the brown tears. No, I'm not, I'm not sure I like that. <laughs> no, it, it would explicitly be worse, but it would be much less, like, you know, even less random. Yeah, you've got to earn those black tears or whatever. Whatever the... Uh most sought after color is because obviously the, then the, the the internet speculation slash obvious business model thing is like well obviously they just want you to buy all these tiers so you can skip through to the white white stuff because you can see it now yeah i guess yeah there's an argument to that oh well. like, damn it <laughs> maybe that maybe they'll revert it we'll see yeah well We'll see, although yeah, I'm stuck with it for th- this season. This sort of outrage, I would have imagined, it would have changed quite quickly. But I guess it is quite kind of a big deal to no, that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think you could change it once it's out because people, if people had bought in wanting that, oh yeah, I you're, you're then well, taking it away mm. from them, which is which is not necessarily a good look either. So it's, I think it's got to stay for this season, whatever the opinion ends up being. Mm, yeah, maybe. It's like this is what we're doing. If it's crap, it's crap. Fine, we won't do it again. Except they probably don't care. <laughs> no, they probably don't. <laughs> they care probably don't give any craps about what the community has to say about it. If it does change at all, it will purely be looking at a balance sheet and be like, how much money did we make this time? Oh, less? Just... Well, we'll change it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Someone from Epic probably looks over and goes, whatever you're doing, don't do that. (laughs) Or keep doing that. Yes. And that's pretty much everything I did. Not very much at all. (laughs) Right, it's Rob's turn. Right, well, uh, a couple of things of note. We have to talk about Yakuza 3. Naturally. Naturally. so having managed to zone out the annoying audio of all the text boxes a little bit more to the point where I now barely noticed them, that did eventually happen. Like as annoying as it was at the start of the game, it's like by the end of it, it's just like yeah, it's just it's just it's just the game. Um, um, I did actually get managed to finish the storyline, probably in record time for me for a Yakuza game. Oh right, because um, it doesn't. Okay, yeah, it's Yakuza three. <laughs> like it's not like it's like had years and years of the everything that studio has learned in order to improve upon it. It's like, it's just a remaster. Um, and as a result, it's not as long. There's not so much side stuff you need to engage with in order to get um, as far into that as you need to, or be as leveled up as you need to, to do the end. Cause I ended up finding the end sequence kind of easy oh, yeah. by the time I did it, which is very much not a thing I've experienced in Yakuza before. Normally those oh, fights yeah. are pretty tough. Um, so that was a little unusual. Also, I just I just generally don't think the story's very good this time round, mm. which is a shame. Well, like it doesn't it doesn't one. reach the levels of madness that the previous two did. <laughs> right, it's um, a shame. You'd think they'd be turning out the empty. Well, yeah, but it, it kind of I don't know. It's weird because it's like there's almost the building blocks of something interesting there, and then as you learn more about it and more about it, it's less. It becomes less and less interesting. 
Mm. Like it has the exact opposite effect. It's more interesting at the start of the game when you have no idea what's happening. And then when you learn what's happening, it's like, well, that's dull. And then by the time you get to the end of it and then you, you're the last fight and you, you defeat the, who I guess is the primary antagonist, but so almost, yeah, kind of the primary antagonist, I'll call it that. Um, mm. uh, his motivation is kind of a nothing in the first place anyway. So you're like, well, why the hell, what the hell was all this for? <laughs> it makes no sense. And not, but not in a good way makes no sense. Where's my giant castle, golden castle that springs forth from the split remains of the previous castle? <laughs> There's none of that here. It's just, just, yeah. There's a couple of stupid sequences, but it's just... Mm-mm. There's one death in particular where it's like, you, you barely know the guy that's died. Like, or you haven't known him all that long. You shouldn't be as upset. Kiryu should not be as upset about this character's death as he is. Mm. And it, and then the scene plays out far too dramatically and far too like it goes on for way too long, and what they talk about is is super dumb. <laughs> like the dying words are like a really like, "Am I a real man?" <laughs> kind of thing. It's like, <laughs> Am it's I a real man? <laughs> Does this count as throwing my life away for no reason? <laughs> it's, like, it's, it, it's it's I don't know. It's just it's. I mean, that's kind of the charm of Yakuza in a way, that it is, mm. like, bad like this at times. Yeah, 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 of course, but, part of it. But it's mostly bad this time rather than right. bad. Yeah, it's tipped over that line a little bit. Yeah. Which, again, makes me wonder, it's like, I wonder how much was really tweaked from in the originals, but, yeah, it's just not as... Yeah, mm, not, not, not a strong one, this one. Um... I mean, I did stick. I, I mean, I'm still. I went back into it after I did that, and I've been. The amount of faff on uh, available to you is is large. There is a great quantity of faff you can <laughs> take part in. Because um, I think there's about. Uh, my guess is there's about a hundred submissions, and I've done seventy odd of them. Most of them are rubbish. Like go to place, have fight. I think that's the other thing as well. Like classic, uh, yeah. I think that's the other thing as well. They're just not. There's even on the sub story front. There's not the as many. There's not as many that land well. I'd like mm. or as like this is a real memorable moment of this game. There aren't so many of those here. Like if any, really, this time round, they're all kind of cookie cutter, um, which is a bit of a shame. Um, even like it has, it brings back the uh, uh, there's an assassin target thing as well. Where you're going after hitmen, um, and those mm. th- in in the Kiwami games, those tend to be some of the weirder fights you can have because they're just normal fights. But some of the guys you go up against like are, are dressed funny, or they will have uh, a bizarre weapon, or um, yeah, there'll be some rule here that um, means the fight is slightly odd. Uh, and there's kind of none of that here, really. It's like they're, like there's they're just fights against dudes that are slightly tougher than your regular dudes, and uh, at least at least there's one mission of that that I've done so far that has been interesting, and there's been kind of a big ass fight on top of a skyscraper with like a billion dudes surrounding the arena, <laughs> and, like as you fight 
defeat more of them, more of them just step in off the edges and be like, right, my go. And that was kind of cool. Um, yeah. I think like it just it, they haven't quite figured out how to funnel you into its extras is the other thing. Like I don't like darts is there. There's a the the hostess game is there, although that's bad mm. this time. The um you know you could play any type of gambling you can think of. There's probably a version of it here. Um Koi Koi's in there, Ochikabu's in there, Shogi's in there, bowling, batting, golf. golf. It's got them all. I mean that's um, very Japanese. <laughs> golf. Yeah. It's 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 got them all, but it doesn't other than a couple of times, it doesn't really funnel funnel you into doing them. Um I think my favorite stupid thing about the game is probably this this thing called Revelations. I don't know if I talked about them this last time, but there's um you meet a guy called Mac who basically is on the search for a perfect fo- photo opportunity. Um has been traveling the world and every now and then you'll get an email from him saying i've heard the rumor about this this the these people in this location and so you go there and if you spot something like or a couple of people who might not be doing the normal crowd animations or mm. something like that you can you can look at them in first person view and it'll bring up a prompt saying look and you do so and then <laughs> kiryu's eyes it suddenly cuts to kiryu's eyes suddenly widening and he goes Oriwa? and like <laughs> just <laughs> stares Oriwa. at them and suddenly whips out his flip phone and he's like, <laughs> And then, and then this ridiculous cutscene will start playing out um, of something really dumb happening, uh, and there'll be like quick time events to take photos of it as it's happening. Um, and then at the end of it, you get a choice between of a few things to blog about. Right. Uh, so it's a curious okay. would then blog about the event that's then happened, and if you've picked wow. the right thing out of those options, you'll, he'll have a revelation that reveals a new fight move to him in his mind. Through the blogging process. Through the blogger. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit dated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a well, yeah, this is set in two thousand seven, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, that's pretty that's pretty great. I love that. It's it's just really it's the way it's presented is really stupid as well, because it's just like the it's, it's that initial Oriwa <laughs> as he turn, turns turns around to look at it, and it's like, whoa. <laughs> And then, then the dumb thing happens, and the dumb things are normally pretty good as well. Those little cutscenes. The first one in particular is fantastic. It's really stupid. Um, uh, and then, yeah, and then when he's ha- when he's having the sort of revelation, like in his mind's eye, like in black and white, you can just see him do the fight move while it's playing this like drum, and it's like the whole thing put together is really dumb and great. Yeah. Just, oh, just cool. lead into that side, and, and I think that's what they do nowadays. They lean into that more. Right, right. Um, they had to do this game to to learn to, well, that they needed the, to lean more into to that do stuff. Six or seven games, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So it's 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 all right. You can you can see the heart is there, but it's a uh, they they hadn't quite got it together just yet, which it does have me interested to see exactly what four and five are going to end up being like as the other remasters. It's like, what steps did they take from here? How long does it take to get to what I'm used to? So yeah, Yakuza 3. Hmm. It was a, a shorter Yakuza experience, but... Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely not as good as the Kiwamis. I'll get to four eventually. 
What else <laughs> have I been up to? Um, talking of golf, I started playing What the Golf. What the golf? What the golf? Just a stupid little golf. You didn't get through it in one go. <laughs> well, no, it, has, it turns out it's quite, it's bigger, way bigger than I thought. <laughs> Um, I was definitely I, yeah. expecting it to be a one-shot. <laughs> yeah, I thought you could probably get through it in like maybe a couple hours, but I've spent a couple hours on it, and I'm maybe a third of the way through it. Um, and there's an extra campaign <laughs> that they added to it later. Um, so anyway, this game's real stupid. Go watch the trailer for it. Um, like it's it's about surprise. Every level is about surprising you with a change in the mechanics of the game. Um, oh, okay. So it starts off as to golf. make you say what the golf. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, it, so it starts the fir- the first level is probably the most golfy one in the game, and then from there you're in trouble. Um, <laughs> in in the in the best possible way, it's really stupid. Like I think it, I think it's only the second level where in like like the mechanics are basically a bit like power putt. So you're like or power putt two, <laughs> I should say. Um, where you're sort of you're you're pulling back from the ball and the amount of power you give that's right and then you release the mouse and then something happens um and it plays that it pretty much plays the classic power putt like golf ball thwack sound effect as well <laughs> every time you do that nice. so fuck the parallels are, are there um and then it, and i guess it's kind of what we always dreamed it should be <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the vision of power putt <laughs> yeah and uh so yeah, at the first level you're you're hitting the ball. You don't actually have to get it in the hole. You just have to hit the flag. That's the sort of, that's the first conceit. Okay, um, like hit the flag. Um, and on the second level you do that, and instead of the golf ball moving, the golfer flies. Right. So the ball stays still, and the golfer. The, the ball stays the still, and the golfer just goes. <laughs> okay. And it gets crazier from there. Like there's there's levels themed on football. You get some gravitational levels in space. Um. One of the first uh, challenge levels I did was had you as an office chair attempting to get to the flag before a sheep. It's um yeah, it's okay. madness. It's it's a lot of madness, and it's it's very funny. Covefe. Covefe. Um. Yeah. Sounds right. It's one of those things I don't. <sighs> I want to say things about. It. I want to say like all like all the stupid levels I've encountered and how dumb it is and how many but cats I've tipped it. over. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, most of the fun is going to level and just being like, what? Literally being like, what? What, what we doing? The, what? What? The, what the golf? <laughs> what is this? Okay. That's and sometimes cool. like and and as much of the humor is in the stupid one word success quotes that or you know the the success things that appear on screen like whenever you finish a level, it will say something really stupid. Um, like there, the, there was one level where I was a barrel, a rocket-powered barrel, instead of going. I was just flying around this <laughs> level, um, trying to get to the flag, and then you get to the flag, and it just puts on big letters on screen: Rocket League. <laughs> rocket League. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a sense of humour for sure. Yeah, it's it's decent. I like it a lot. Uh, yeah. So there's that. Um. I played an insane amount of Among Us last weekend. Yeah. The party game du jour. De, de jour? No, that's the wrong. Du jour. Du <laughs> Not du jour. Du jour. <laughs> I, I have to admit, I was pretty skeptical about the whole Among Us craze. 
as I am with most crazes. It's like I look at it and think, yeah, it can't be that good, can it? There's something about like excess popularity, I think, in things that makes me think that's probably actually crap. Uh, yeah, this was not one of those times. This game, no. this game is a lot of fun. <laughs> I think the, the thing about excess popularity is it sometimes is more an indication of like, it's totally fun, but it won't last long. <laughs> right. It's kind of like, you know, Ultimate Chicken Horse and stuff. Great, but like, you can oh, only man, play that so much. <laughs> I don't know. We, I, I keep, we keep going back to Ultimate Chicken Horse. It's, it's well, I think that one is a bit more long-lasting and yeah. not as popular. <laughs> <laughs> it's a <Yeah>. direct correlation. <laughs> it's on the curve somewhere. <laughs> and then you've got like four guys. It was insanely popular. It didn't last. <laughs> I mean, it's still going. It's still pretty popular. But... I mean, yeah, but they they're always there's always a tail off. Yeah, like, sure. If you see the huge burst, then you know everyone will go in, but then probably won't stick around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So if if you're unaware, Among Us is a social deduction game where you get put on a spaceship and you've got to go do your jobs before uh, a murderer among you manages to kill off everyone else um and the game the game is basically over when the murderer manages to get all but one of the other pl- other players because as soon as there's one left it's like there's no guesswork involved so it's no. just like ah i've won um uh and so there's uh, we were playing it I, I well i don't know how people play this normally right i think it's all like text chat in the normal variant of it um but we had a chat channel going which under normal circumstances, totally breaks the game, right? Because you could just tell people, oh, I was just killed by this guy. So the trick is to use a little thing called Better Crew Link. So called because there's a thing called Crew Link and then there's a someone forked it and made a better one um, called Better Crew Link. And what that is, is that's basically a chat channel, but it links to the game. So if you're dead, you can't talk. Right. Yeah. And all the voices are proximity voices as well. So you can only talk to people who are nearby. Yeah. And it, I mean, and people it, had already figured that out like before that was even a mod or whatever, where it's just like you, you, you make house rooms essentially for your voice. Yeah. 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 Mute, mute yourself when you die. <laughs> Although it is pretty hilarious when people like forget that there's a voice channel because there, there are some times where the killer was found simply because like. Like someone called a meeting or something, and the, and the killer would immediately just go, "Damn it!" And it's like, "Oh no, wait, it's you, isn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> well, that should have been solved by the proximity chat, but you just have to remember that you suddenly appear in a meeting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and yeah, the, the 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 thing is with that game is it's like it's actually pretty. You know, the the construction of the game part is pretty simple. Um, it's not very. It's I wouldn't even say it's that well made particularly it's like it, it's ropey for sure um i'm playing i mean it's available on all kinds of platforms while i was playing the steam version and it's like clearly not designed for high resolution screens um uh in spots but uh, you know that's how you get the mod to work um so you have to play it there it's only four quid as well bargain um but yeah it's that's a hell of a lot of fun. The strategies people come up with, like how you how you lie, <laughs> basically, and how you like convince it. Uh, I had quite a decent run as the imposter, as it turns out. Oh, nice! Good it work. turns out I'm a bit of a bastard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> revealing stuff about myself. 
<laughs> Although I'm actually bad at the killing part of it. I think I was quite good at the lying and the making everyone doubt each other part of it, but not so good at the actual the committing actual murders in places that aren't just really obvious. Because it's, it's, it is quite tricky. Like, it's all, you know, people remember where you are and where you've been. And so, like, like you know, I think it's more fun the more players you add. We, we had five or six most of the time, but it got really interesting when that went up to, like, eight or seven or eight, and then things started to get um, a bit more interesting, a bit mad. Um, so if I guess it, <laughs> top tip, if you can, get ten people together. Ten. That's the max. That's as high as it goes. Um, right. and perhaps devise some rules like I think we were playing two imposters at that point when we had like eight people in it so it's like yeah eight people but two of them are bad and that no, gets I quite tricky that was automatic isn't it you can, you can set your own rules for that stuff oh right <laughs> I always assumed it was just like once it got to a certain number of people it just it automatically adds a number I think, of imposters I think it does out of the box yeah I think that's the default but yeah we were we were messing with it a bit Try and figure because you can have things like you can make the vision range quite short if you want, which is kind of funny. So, like, people walk in and out of fog, um, and that will affect the voice range and things like that, which is hilarious. <laughs> well, what made it even more fun, like, one of the sabotage things the imposter can do is turn the lights off, which makes your vision circle like super small around you, but that also meant that you were deaf as well, which is really dumb, yeah. but um. But quite funny because you just have people dipping in and out of your hearing range. <laughs> You're like, oh, oh, yep, oh, oh. and also, yeah. So, top tips: travel as a group. That makes it harder <laughs> for the murderer to do anything. Uh, don't ever stand on top of each other because then the murderer will just get away with it because you can't see who did the murder. <laughs> Some a body will just appear, and you don't know. Like, okay, which one of us that was all stood on top of each other actually did it? Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's great. It's dumb fun. But you need the right conditions. Uh, I, I, that might be me, to be honest, um, in terms of games. I haven't really done a huge amount outside of Yakuza, which is, I guess, standard for me. <laughs> as soon as I start flying that dab thing. Yeah, I mean, that takes up some time, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Still poking away at dirt, but I don't really have anything to say there. Oh, um, there was one other thing. Nome and I started playing um, uh, Genesis Noir, because that came out, the full version of it, um, on Game Pass. Mm. Um, also available on other platforms, which uh, you may remember me mentioning. It was the sort of uh, space jazz detective mystery game. Space jazz. Space jazz. Yeah. <laughs> best, best kind of jazz. It's like a cowboy bebop. <laughs> I mean, kind of. You're kind of like a, a like a noir, like hence the noir, but it's, it is a detective story, but about, you know, a jazz singer. <laughs> but the whole game is presented in this like kooky art style and everything's a bit mad. And it's like, it's it, it, honestly, it's hard to know what the bloody hell's going on, but it's a trip. Uh, like what what you have to do in each individual screen kind of makes sense and you can figure it out it's effectively just point and click um mm. most of the time um but each section is different and each section has these has its own rules and what you've got to try and figure out to make things progress 
kind of fun to see just where it goes, even if you're not really fully understanding what the hell's going on. Um, the hub is basically like the singer in bed with the bad guy, golden boy, shooting shooting her, effectively. But it's just got this massive like anime-style like blast thing heading towards her and you're doing stuff mm. in, in, in <laughs> investigating a galaxy of stuff that's inside the gun blast trying to okay. black, trying to increase the size of a black hole that will supposedly stop it <laughs> it's like it's i, I don't I, I don't understand but i'm but i dig it i dig it man can Smooth. you dig it yeah i can dig it yeah huh? <laughs> get everybody the stuff together I mean, it would be made better if that was in there, but, you know. Some people call me the space cowboy. (laughs) Some people call me the walrus of love. (laughs) Some people call me Maurice. (laughs) Because I speak of the pompatus of love. (laughs) I just realized what. What does Pompatus mean? I don't know what Pompatus means. I just realized I screamed Walrus of Love, and it's like, oh no, actually, I was thinking of Lion of Love from that Eurovision film. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Lion of Love. Eurovision coming soon. One more month. Yeah. This is going to be good. I I I I hit I have, I still haven't heard anything from it, which is good. Like anything, yeah. Keep yourself fresh. Uh, but but I've heard people saying it's a bit of a good year. It better be after Corona, yeah. Yeah. Let's get some campness on some Euro trash. I mean, I, I'm I'm totally ready to be danced off. <laughs> Who thought that? I mean, let me think. How did that ever get through? Like, I want to dance, (laughs) dance you off naturally. (laughs) Is that you then, Rob? Uh, Yeah, why not? I'm done. (laughs) Right, where am I? Um, well, I I've got my PS4 plugged into my TV now, so I tried out some. Wipe out Omega Collection. Looks pretty Ooh. amazing. It looks awesome on the TV. I mean, this mm. is just PS4 Pro, I guess. But it, I think it's HDR. I mean, certainly I read that was in HDR. It, it switches on the HDR mode or whatever. But yeah, it looks pretty amazing. I can't um, remember if so. Omega Collection is HDR, actually. Yeah, I'm it not might, sure. It might, have a, it might have a bit of it. But um, but hey, you're getting yeah. that 4K60 anyway. Yeah, 4K60 looks insane. Um, yeah, ridiculous. So played a bit of that. Um. Yeah, but I haven't started my Breath of the Wild uh, run. I need to finish off <laughs> uh, Link's Awakening. I'm on like the second to last dungeon, so I should probably just. It's a bit. <laughs> it's a bit ridiculous playing that on a 4K TV. <laughs> like game <laughs> by game. Um. Yeah. Maybe probably won't take a go. long to finish that off from there, though, right? Those dungeons can't. No. Be no, I think I'm pretty much at the end. I'm at like the Eagle's Tower up on the top. So, yeah. Uh, getting there. Um, I've got most get of the items. Egg. So. Yeah, getting to the egg. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it will be 
Oh, I think it will be back to Zelda. And I'm still playing a, playing a bit of Odyssey again. It's just the, that that classic year of, of amazing Mario and Zelda games for the Switch. Uh, yeah, I'm in the tree, in whatever it was. What's the forest area in Odyssey with the watering cans? Steam guns. With the, with the crazy, like, like 50s guitar music for some reason. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Almost I beach felt, music, isn't it? <laughs> I, yeah, like surfy almost. Mm, like the music want, in general, I found it a bit overwhelming <laughs> the first time I played the game, like, and not very Mario-y, but now I'm like well into it. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It's not yeah. it's not massively Mario-y in the traditional sense, but, it, but no. like for a globe-trotting adventure, yeah. it kind of fits. Yeah, and they're they're pretty they're pretty baller tunes so yeah get the tank version going by taking over the tanks um yeah it's cool oh my god they do a they do a there's a mm. what the golf spoiler here we go oh no. a, um, there is a mario themed bit and there's a bit of music that's like like with them singing like a mario-esque what the golf thing in acapella but it's it's, it's pretty good What the golf? What the golf? What the golf? Yeah, I think that's pretty much me. I don't know what will be the next big thing that's new. That's the question. <laughs> I guess I'll play some Res Infinite, but I haven't really got. A, I haven't really got plans. I'm playing Red Dead, <laughs> you know, off and on as well. Now that looks insane on the TV. Uh, When's the inevitable re-release going to be? Or well, will uh, there be a or the PS5 variant? Will there be a PS5 patch, or will they just not do that and try and make more money of their once in a generation game? I I reckon they might. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. To be honest, yeah, if I if I got a new PC, which I might do when graphics cards become available and and I have and I save up some more then I would probably buy Red Dead again, you know, totally, right? That would be, imagine that in like widescreen 144 hertz. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's that prob- 60 FPS upgrade that's the thing, right? Exactly. Right. But I'm probably not going to buy a PS5 version just to get double the frame rate, unless they yeah. really even, do something. Even then, I don't know if it's a game that would actually be presented in, I don't know, like, yeah, it's a last-gen game, but I don't, I don't know if Red Dead would be able to pull off 4K 60. Like, I, I know the no. One X version mm. of Red Dead was actually 4K, right? That was that that had it native was. 4K going, so maybe, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. So maybe it's possible on these consoles. But there's just something about maybe it's just how Red Dead looks, right? It just seems like like pulling off 4K 60 on just seems just it's like a, it's, still, it seems, it's a miracle the way it runs like I know. on a PS on a base PS4. I mean, it's insane. It just goes to show that, like, you know, it's not about raw horsepower these days. Even in making the best graphics, it's about the amount of effort put in and the amount of money you could spend on years and years and years of development. Mm, some of the and just the artistry involved in hiding yeah. where it's not. But what I don't get is how they coordinate that effort. It's hard enough coordinating like sure. ten devs. How you co- that's what and that's what Cyberpunk clearly failed at, right? It's like it's not wasn't fully coordinated and therefore it's full of bugs. Like how did they QA Red Dead? Insane. 
It's probably uh, where half of the budget lies, I don't know. Yeah, probably, yeah. probably. Yeah. I know they have entire offices that are just QA uh, mm. for, for, Rock, for Rockstar. Um, but yeah, amazing. They, um, there's a, I think it, I, I watched the, um, New Frame Plus video about, like, did Red Dead need all that, um, world building animation? Right. Um, stuff you know at, at new frame plus is the animation channel that's made by the guy that used to be the voice from extra credits um right, right. he doesn't do a video very often but it's um uh, it's usually pretty decent but anyway is this yeah, like did it need like horse testicles that shrivel up in the cold and stuff exactly like that? well that was yeah. i mean that was one of the elements that's not really what he's focusing on he's focusing on like how when you're looking at items on every shelf there's almost all it like for a lot of them there's a custom animation for like, like oh i need to pick my arm up. in this specific yeah. place to pick them up or when i'm Oh, even when he's just looting and he's picking stuff, yeah. you know, each item he individually yeah. picks up and puts away somewhere. It's crazy. Um, it's, it's insane. And how they sync up, like, oh, putting the hide on the back of the horse. It's like, that's an incredibly yeah. difficult thing to do. Or yeah. Pick, picking up the deer from the horse. and It just uh, feels so grounded. It's like, how the hell did they do it? Exactly. Yeah. It's, 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 all of that is like super difficult stuff to do. And he was like, does it need any of that? After a while, probably not. It, like you know, it does. Right. Like, it, it, you don't need to do that stuff. Um, and in um, in a general sense, most games don't need to go to that no. level. No. Um, it's like, is it impressive as hell? Hell yeah, it is. Yeah. The first few times you see it, <laughs> you know, well, his, his, his opinion was, yeah, it's impressive as hell. But like, unless you're really into the RP of it, it can it slows you down more than it. Right, but in the case of Red Dead, it's like it's not like they put loads of time into that and compromised on other areas of the game. You know what I mean? It's a massive true, game, true, 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 true. and they can do it. They can afford to do it, and they did it, and it's a thing. In other games, like spending time on that would be a waste of time because you need to make a good think about making a good game. Right? But you even know. then, it's like yeah, the, the the time to the player is the other thing. It's not about just making that good, is it? It's like oh, it I see. It just is it time as a player? Yeah, well, that it's a kind of part of the experience, though, isn't it? With Red yeah. Dead, it's quite a slow, slow to, one. Yeah, to a point. Yeah, it's like they do. Yeah. They take shortcuts on it's. In, he was like, Yeah, it's interesting to see where they did make compromises. Like, there aren't many in yeah. this game, but they do make them, such as, um, like running over corpses for ammo. It's like you yeah. can run over corpses and pick up the ammo, but you still have to loot them all individually for money. And he's yeah. like, That's a that's a weird split, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it kind of makes sense. My, my, my thing with the looting is there's a kind of if the, if if after a mission there's there's dead bodies everywhere, you can spend your time looting them, but sort of arbitrarily at some point the law get interested or Sometimes. you get as wanted, which Sometimes. is like weird. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like quite. some missions, that's really telegraphed, which is fine. I don't mind that. It's like, come on, we got to go. Yeah, that's cool. And it's like, but there are others where it's not, and it's like, oh, right, okay, I've, I've got to go. Apparently. <laughs> Because you don't, unlike and unlike in GTA, you don't get wanted very often in in Red Dead. Um, it's it's not a mechanic that's like massively used, or in Red Dead Two. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not, lose the cops yeah, isn't yeah, yeah, yeah. really a thing in Red Dead Two. In and even in GTA Five, that happened quite a few times. Mm. I mean, it's pretty. I mean, I mean, it does happen, but it's yeah. pretty. And it's it's well, rare. I guess it doesn't happen in missions necessarily. It kind of happens yeah. as a, uh, um, you know, you ballsed up kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. And I do wish that was less annoying, though. 
when you get it in Red Dead, it's kind of a problem. <laughs> it was a problem in GTA Five because it's quite you have to get out of their zone or whatever, and then hmm. don't let me into my zone. <laughs> yeah. Hang out to podcast. It's a podcast. Thank you for joining us. And um, <laughs> we'll have some content on the YouTube. I still haven't got my Wi-Fi card installed, so <laughs> I don't know oh, if no. we'll be doing Deus Ex next week, but maybe we'll. I did well, get one, so um, okay. I'll have to install it. Um, but uh, we'll have some Panzer Dragoon up at some point, I'm sure. Uh, and uh, you can watch our Deus Ex series, which is in train, as they say. Um, and uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another salad cast. Goodbye. In train? What do you mean by that? What's in train? It's a phrase that you'd think I would know being called train, but I uh, haven't really used it much. It's, it's it's in French. They say en train, but apparently it's a it's a used in English as well, and it means in progress. <laughs> okay. I don't think I've ever heard it <laughs> used like that before. Train. Yeah. In train. Oh, and on you can say like that's in train if it's like being taken care of. Okay. Yeah. Weird. In train. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I, don't use yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't seem right to me. Does that mean this podcast is about to become off train? Yeah, this is no longer in train. This is derailed. Over. Derailed. The end. <laughs> Goodbye.